0: Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. I'm Erin Sadler from Sadler Science. And I'm Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science. We're here to cut through the confusion to help science teachers like you make science relevant and engaging with student-driven instruction. We know that when students take ownership of their learning, teaching can be simple and fun. Thanks for being here, and let's dive into the episode. Hey there, this is Nicole Van Tassel and I am back with another episode of the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. And today I'm going to be sharing with you one of my favorite literacy strategies. Um, so before I was and this, and that is called, um, using text annotations. So, however, before I began teaching in science, I actually taught, um, like a half a year because I came in in the middle of the year and then an, another year of language arts. And I love being able to bring in some of that experience into my science class and to support my learners with what I learned through that. (laughs) So annotations are one of the tools that I absolutely brought in from my language arts experience and I have brought it into my science class from day one. It is one of my favorite activities to pair with any sort of reading text because it just adds um, more purpose to the text. It makes it makes um, reading more useful and purposeful for students. It's in a sense, holds them accountable because they actually have something to do in addition to like staring at the words on the page. And it really makes for a super easy substitute plan or, you know, early finisher type of situation. Or, you know, we just have those days where we're like, I don't have anything great. So after we finish this, what am I going to do? And it's just a not a great opportunity, but it's also, you know, useful. So annotations are basically taking notes on a text. And that is what I tell my students when, we, when we're getting started. Annotations are a strategy where we are reading. And as we are reading, we are taking notes. And the reason it is it can be really beneficial to do that, and I always start my lesson on annotations with this question is, have you ever been reading something and you get, Like three paragraphs in, or maybe you finish an entire chapter of a book and you have no clue what you just read. I have had that experience myself reading, I don't know, I remember reading some textbooks on Latin American history in my Latin American history class in college. And they were talking about just concepts that. I hadn't fully understood, and it's like I could understand the words, but I, I was just really struggling with the meaning. And I've also had that experience in reading um, physics things. I've had that experience in reading uh, so, sometimes things on um, actually some anti-racist teaching um, books that I've I was reading recently, where I'm like understanding it to a degree, but I could also tell I wasn't like fully grasping all of the concepts and. Part of that is just when we are learning something new, it's like you have to, I remember reading a study and I've never found it since then, but I remember reading a study that basically said you have to understand something before you can truly read read about it. Like you have to have some sort of understanding because our brain just doesn't understand. We can read the words, but we just don't understand the meaning if we don't have that conceptual understanding already or at least some degree of it. Anyway, I have had that experience before. And so when I ask my students that question, like what... Or have you ever done that where you just like read a whole paragraph or read a whole chapter and then you're like, I wasn't even paying attention or I didn't understand a single thing in there. And they always say, oh yeah, yes, I totally get that. I understand. Well, the thing with annotations is it's not necessarily going to make you fully understand something that you're struggling to understand, but it makes you aware of what you don't understand and what you do understand, it makes you aware as you are reading whether you are actually paying attention, because it requires you to be actively doing something with what you're reading. And unlike question, like comprehension questions or text questions that lead students to just skim to find the answer, annotations actually, you know, you have to read the whole thing to do annotations on everything, right? Um, so that's why I really love annotations. It requires, it turns reading, which should be active, but can sometimes fall into a more passive kind of situation, or, you know, honestly, and when, it's, when it's, you're not paying attention to what you're reading, or you're not thinking about what you're reading, you're it's useless, um, activity into something that is way more helpful and useful. So, Annotations are taking notes on a text, and that's just what it is at like its core. But our students often need guidance on what that looks like. So I've always used an annotation key that has symbols and suggestions for things that you can write. Um, you can actually find my annotation key. I have it as a, a like a free a little freebie thing or whatever. I will link to that on the site. Oh, I'm sorry, um, in like the show notes here. But the um annotations. Key gives them some ideas of what they can can use. So, for example, the annotations key um, just says, you know, when you see a word that you don't recognize, underline it. Or I'm sorry, circle it. Um, maybe it's underlining key ideas. Uh, Maybe we are starring certain scientific vocabulary. So if we recognize, oh, that looks like a big scientific word, you know, starring it. Putting question marks by passages or sentences you don't understand. Exclamation marks for things that make you like think, wow, or wow, that's surprising. Using arrows to connect similar ideas between sentences in different paragraphs. Using numbers to number like sequences or steps. I love using that one for scientific procedures, like when they are talking about the methods scientists use. Let's number those steps. Making connections to the text or to yourself or to content we've learned or to the world at large. Um, so there are symbols to get students started. That said, and I, well, I, the symbols are helpful in getting them writing something down, I really push my students to actually be writing their own words. So a few words to summarize what a paragraph is about or a question that they have as they're reading. Um, Taking a moment to describe the connection they're making. So if they're writing like plus W for connection to the world, I want them to describe what it's making them think of. And it could be maybe a song, maybe it is a current event that they heard on the news. Um, But really, doing the the actual note-taking on the text is a very key, important part of annotations. That said, the key provides a really good scaffold to get them writing. It also allows you to differentiate. So, you know, some students who may struggle, maybe ELL learners, um, English language learners, maybe learners, no, English language learners, um, maybe they are only using symbols to start out with. Maybe you're only giving them a few of the symbols to focus on. Uh, but either way, it's, it's a good tool to get students going, but it also goes beyond the symbols. Now, um, we're going to talk about how I teach this process, but I do want to just give a couple other suggestions for ways you can use annotations. So um, in terms of, yeah, of, of, of approaching it. So let's say you are using a, you have a scientific a current event news article or an article that is in your textbook, um, anything like that. Maybe it's even just a paragraph or two paragraphs that introduce a phenomena. In all of my Spark Science resources, I always try to incorporate a phenomena into pretty much every lesson. So there's usually a paragraph or a couple paragraphs, um, maybe a graphic or something like that, that, that discuss a phenomena. I love to have my students annotate that as we are reading it. Um, if I'm doing a current event news article that's talking about a scientific discovery, like I said, the, the numbers, the procedures, I love to have them look at like the methodology and identify the steps and the procedures. And I find that's a great talking point to talk about planning and carrying out investigations, maybe discussing the why they did it the way they did, so on and so forth. Um, what I try to do when I am doing annotations is set a goal for students. So maybe in addition to using whatever he, you know, I, I don't want the goal to limit them, but I really want them to maybe focus on putting a few words to summarize every paragraph. And maybe the next time we do it, I'm like, okay, I really would like to see those summaries, but I would also really love to see you add a few questions in the margins. And, I want, and if you're having trouble thinking of questions, I want you to really pause after the paragraph and think, is there anything that I'm wondering about? Is there anything that I would like them to clarify, like a question to clarify? And you could also provide your students with actual sentence stems or prompts to help them think about the questions that they would ask. Maybe in another article, I'm asking them to make a connection back to our phenomena. So I want them to, as they're reading, really think, how does this apply to the phenomenon that we're investigating? Maybe uh, we are focusing on a cross-cutting concept and I'm asking them to look for cause and effect relationships or evidence that supports a cause and effect relationship or whatever. Like you can really tailor your annotations to serve whatever... Um, educational goals you are working on in your classroom or whatever three-dimensional goal you're working on in your classroom as well. So it's a great opportunity to bring in science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts in a very like low prep, low-key activity, right? That is also building literacy skills. Okay, so Um, I just wanted to share a couple of those ideas. Now, when I'm getting started with the very first time we're doing annotations together, right? I told you I tell them what annotations are and I give them the reasons for doing those annotations. And I talk about how sometimes I read things and I don't even know what I'm reading or I I get to the end and I like was daydreaming and so I paid no attention. I talk about how it has also really helped me. I mean, honestly, every time I read any book, um, I kind of, if it's a good one, even if I get it from the library to start with, if it's a really good one, I have to purchase it, like a nonfiction, one you know what I mean? Because I need to write in it and I need to write in the margins so that when I want to go back and find those ideas, I have my little notes in the margins that help me find it. And there's been so many times that I have like just flipped through a book looking for like the notes that I wrote because I know I wrote something. I know I wrote like a keyword that's going to help me figure out like, oh, that was a really good research study. I want to reference that or whatever. So um, I give them my reasons like why we are doing this activity and how it's going to help them now and then moving forward. Um, whether it's in high school or in college, or reading anything at any point, um, even even reading a cookbook someday, maybe they write annotate on a recipe, right? Um, but then we model together. So I like to do this as a I've done it whole class. I like to do it, however, in a small group. So if I can do an activity where half the class is doing. Stations, and I, and one of the stations is working with me to, to annotate like a short text. I really like to do it that way, but I've also done it where the whole class is doing it at the same time, and I'm using like an Elmo um, or like a document camera, you know, to to do this. And what we do for that is literally we'll just like read the first paragraph together. So I mean, I'm, I guess first I should say I usually give them a printed out copy of the annotation key. I um. They have that reference with them. We review what's on it and we talk about how it's not just the key. It's also writing our summaries, writing questions, writing down a few words about our connections. Um, But then we go into the text. And so we read the first paragraph together. And I model this first paragraph. So I think aloud as I'm reading it. So I'm reading and I say, you know, we've read it out loud. And I'm like, oh, so if I... I think this sentence is like the most important one. So I'm going to underline it. And I show them I'm underlining the sentence and I have them do the same thing. And then I say, you know what? This paragraph is all about bees are important for farming. So in the side margins, I wrote bees or farmers need bees. Or I try to like very brief, you know, I want them to see they don't need to write a paragraph. They don't even need to write in full sentences. Um, So I write on the margins farmers need bees as we're reading and I'm re- you know I'm reading it aloud I might come across a word like I don't know um maybe agriculture and I'm like hmm that's a really big word I might not you know I- I'm not sure what that means and I'm going to circle it or I might ask them like do we know what what agriculture means and maybe if not we're going to circle that word and so we circle it um and we just go through that whole paragraph like that. And then maybe we do another paragraph together. And this time I'm bringing in maybe asking a question. Um, you can do this one of two ways. You can, the first time you're doing annotating with your students, you can kind of expose them to all of the ways that you can annotate, like doing the summaries, farmers need bees, or and asking questions. Like, I wonder why, I wonder if it's only bees, Are there other pollinators? Um, Maybe that's a question that they ask. Or you can introduce the different aspects of annotations in chunks. So you would repeat this process and maybe in the first time you're doing this process, in one activity, you're just focusing on the summarization and using a few of the symbols, like maybe circling unknown words and underlining a key idea. Um, And then the next time you would do a modeling portion again and this time you're asking questions. I'm trying to think. I feel like I tend to go the route. This year I did where I just kind of exposed them to all of the ways we can annotate in the first time and then in subsequent activities I give them a goal to focus on for that annotation. So the first time we're just annotating as much as all of the different ways and we're doing it together and the next time they're doing an annotation they are focusing really on like i really want you to focus on doing the summaries and so i'm still narrowing it so that they have some focus but um the first time i I expose it to them to all of it but i could see an argument for doing it both ways so i would encourage you to do what you think works best for your students but we model it together we go through the ammo and i i'm the one really sharing my own annotations at that point so maybe i do one or two paragraphs like that then i say okay I would like you to take the next, you know, three minutes or whatever um, and read through this next paragraph with um, maybe on your own or maybe it's even with a partner. And I would like you to annotate that paragraph. And so I go through and I do mine while they're reading theirs and they're annotating. And then after three minutes, I say, okay, what are some things you guys wrote? Like what did you write in the margins? And I ask the students to share what they wrote and I encourage other students like oh if you think that's a good idea I'd love you to add that annotation to your paper now um maybe somebody says I circled this word and I say oh did anybody else circle that word um and if you didn't circle it if you don't know what it means maybe you should because again sometimes we skim over words and we don't realize that we don't know them but then when we're like pressed like oh well what does that word mean and you're like oh um I don't really know I guess I just got the gist of it so I didn't pay attention um So I have students, you know, update their annotations. So after doing that, maybe another paragraph or two, again, you adapt to your students and how well they're doing with it, but they just continue on their own or with partners. And then I like to have them group up to kind of share out with a small group at the end. And again, just add to their annotations, update their annotations. So after students have gone through an Annotated their paper. Then we go and we look at a rubric, and I also have that. It's included in the annotation key file that you can get um, at the link in the show notes. And the rubric um, it is written in student friendly language. So it says, like, um, I use symbols to highlight the important ideas, or something like that, or I make connections. Um, and then lower on the rubric, it says, like, I need to put the main ideas into my own words. Um, I need to ask more questions. So instead of phrasing it as like, I only asked a few questions, it's like, these are ways that I can improve. Um, So I've designed it to be really useful to students. So the students then go in and they reflect on their annotations. And we talk about like, this is the first time you've done it. Like you're not going to be perfect and that's okay. So what can we do next time to make our annotations even better? Um, And Yeah, like the goal is not that they have like the best annotations. Like in the long run, the goal is not that they have the best annotations. But I do want them to really work to improve their annotations because in the long run, it's thinking about a text while you're reading it, which is really all annotations are doing, is a skill. And if I that is going to be very valuable to them. And if they can become really good at annotations, it means they're really good at thinking about a text as they're reading it. And yeah, anyway, so yeah, like annotating itself is not maybe the biggest, greatest end, end goal of life, but the skill that's behind annotations is important, and it's a powerful skill to have, right? So that's really what I'm getting at. But anyway, we are reflecting on our annotations and, you know, how good they are. In question, Quotation marks good. Um, and then I have them, sometimes I even have them go back and if they said like I need to add more questions and that's where they were on the rubric then I'm going to say okay so I want you to go back and you know choose one paragraph and like add a question to it I want you to take some time to think about a question and there is another example of bringing in a science and engineering practice, you know, asking questions, practicing, developing their curiosity, which is another skill that we can always be integrating into our classroom. Like, and a lot of times students are like, but I don't have any questions. I'm like, well, I want you to read the paragraph and really, really dig down and think. And sometimes they come back with something silly and like, you know, whatever. But, but sometimes they also come up back with a really great question, you know. So pushing them to do that moves them forward inch by inch. So that's how I teach annotations. Um, The next time, honestly, so how can you use this in your classroom, right? Okay, so you do have to spend time actually teaching the process. And it does use some of your, your instructional time. I get it. But I personally believe that when we take the time to build these skills in our students, which is honestly, that's our job, right? It's not all about science content. It's not all about knowing all of the organelles by the time you leave eighth grade. It is about becoming skillful, independent learners so that we can do whatever we want when we finish high school, right? That they have the skills to go on to achieve whatever goals they deem important at that point in their lives. So I personally believe focusing on skill development is just as important as focusing on the actual science content. And I would argue that that's probably what the NGSS believes too, because it's not all about the content anymore, right? It's about also the skills and the ways of thinking. So after you spend some time teaching the skill, what can you do? Honestly, anytime you have a a text in your science classroom, assign annotations. The next time you have a substitute, you know, my emergency subplans are literally always an article with maybe a couple questions and the assignment of, and annotate, and here's your rubric, and reflect on your rubric when you're done. Um, so literally, the anytime you're, you have any sort of text in your science class, give them a chance to use annotations. Set a goal for the task, like today we're really gonna focus on questions, or today we're really gonna focus on making a connection to our phenomena, or to identifying maybe vocabulary words that we've been learning. That could be a, a, question, a focus, you know. Have your students follow that up with a quick reflection on their performance on their annotations using the rubric that you've provided. That's something they could totally just cut and glue into their notebook so you don't have to print it every time and all they do is in the corner of the page write down the level that they gave themselves and maybe a quick like what they could do better. Answer, what would you do next time to improve? Or... I want you to go back and improve the one thing and tell me what you did or what you added afterward. Or maybe they add, they do write it in a different color pen or something like that. So you can see how this was what we did first. And this is what, after I looked at the rubric, how I improved. Because that, again, is another skill. Learning to reflect on our work and figure out what we can do to make it better. Another amazing life skill that our students can learn in our science classes. So... Um, those are my favorite that's that's how I teach annotations. It is my favorite literacy strategy. It brings in writing, it brings in reading it you can bring in so many um, you can bring in those science and engineering practices and the cross cutting concepts to make it a three dimensional task um, and you can really just expand you know your students understanding of different, or I should say, expose your students to different phenomena. You can expose them to scientific discoveries and work. You can, you know, whatever text you're pairing it with can also, you know, add so much to your classroom. So next week, I'm actually going to share my favorite places to find really great science texts, but I wanted to give you the skill of, like, what to do with those science texts first because I'm sure you probably have some texts in your your classroom that your students are reading um, or you are feeling like you should or want to or could bring in more reading and literacy into your science class and so um, this is a really great tool that you can pair with that to make it even more meaningful Uh, or again you know for those sub days because I don't know about you but all of the sicknesses like germ fest is starting in my region in my household um So there's, there's been some, some days that I have needed a sub and it has made for a very easy activity to get together, uh, so thank you so much for joining me today for the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. I hope you found it helpful, useful. I'd love it if you could leave a review. Um, if you want to find that text annotation key and rubric, again, you can find the link in the show notes. If you want to continue learning and growing with me, I would love to uh, have you check out Spark Science. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I'm... Uh, We're going to be adding a whole new level of learning and growing together starting in January. Um, So keep an eye on that. But there's also a great um, professional development library in in Spark Science already, as well as tons of curricular materials for your student-driven three-dimensional storylines. So you can check that link out in the show notes as well. Um, And of course, I would love to just connect with you in our monthly meetups. So that would be awesome too. Anyway, have a wonderful rest of your week, and thank you so much for being a listener. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to saddlersciencecom slash 3D Planner to grab yours. That's SadlerScience.com slash 3D Planner.